Hello and welcome. My name is Christopher Chandler. And my name is Chris Shower. And, and we, we are, are Generally, generally American. American. In our podcast, we discuss events, culture, whatever else we want from a generally American perspective. From our differing viewpoints, our goal is that we can offer others and ourselves nuanced opinions on fascinating topics related to the U.S. We invite you to be part of the discussion, and we hope that you'll stick around to see where the conversation takes us. So let's dive in. And we're live. We're live, and we are back. And yeah. it's beautiful outside. Is it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> tell me about it. Well, uh, in the brief moment, I threw on my robe to run outside to grab my mic before we recorded this morning. Uh, it seemed beautiful and sunny, and uh, it's, I think, nice enough that I'm going to go for a walk after this. Uh, I mean, the weather here has been kind of hit or miss it's been a it's been a mixture of like rainy and sunny so it's it'll rain for like two or three days and then it's like 80 degrees fahrenheit like 20 something degrees celsius for two days and then it rains and then it's sunny then it rains so i don't know it's uh, it's, pr it's pretty annoying um i hate the weather here <laughs> <laughs> uh my one of my professors she studied in Austria and she was complaining about how terrible the weather is in Germany and I told her what I tell everyone which is you don't come to Germany for the weather <laughs> you come for the culture you come for the beer you come for the food but you don't come for the weather because the weather here is about as good as in England <laughs> I would say there has to be some somewhere good in the south yeah. if you like snow then you go to the south uh, if you like the sea, then you go to the north. Um, but if you're like me, you're just in the middle of nowhere where the weather is just whatever. <laughs> but no. Hopefully, you know, we're going to have uh, summer weather soon, so we'll see how that works out. Yeah, I, I cannot wait because... You know, I just love being warm, so I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> and even and even with it has been nice lately, like, it's been kind of rainy lately, which is good, because it's rare here, and we need it. Uh, but, you know, it makes it difficult to do outdoorsy things. Actually, you know, Canada has been having a lot of fires lately, so the last few days, it's been, like, oh, wow. super, super smoky here. Like wildfires? Uh, I'm pretty, I didn't actually Google it, I just heard that's, because, you know, it, it was so smoky that you could see the smoke in town, like, it's, it's uh, like a thick fog, and everyone was saying, like, yep, it's, it's from Canada. Um, there have been a lot of flash floods, or, <laughs> not floods, floods, a lot of flash floods, that's hard to say, in Italy, so, unfortunately, that's been all over the news here, um. Oh, but, gosh. Yeah, 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 so, unfortunately... That that is a bummer, don't they? I I wouldn't really think of Italy as a flash flood hotspot. Is does their soil just not absorb the water? Oh, beats me. Honestly, don't know. I'm not sure which region of Italy it's in. I just know that Italy's been experiencing a lot of rain in the past couple of days, if not weeks. So, but here we're fine, more or less, for the time being. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, so that's the, the, the bi-weekly <laughs> weather report. So, what are we going to talk about today? 
we are going to attempt to talk about uh, generational differences. Yes. <laughs> with, um, with two people of the same age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to do our best. We're going to do our best. No promises. Yeah, so... Yeah, so we're of the same generation, so I guess millennials is what... Yep, yep, that's what we are. Yeah, which I, I, I hate that. Uh, I don't like that description at all. I reject the whole term millennial. I uh, mean, it's pretty perfect for us. I mean, we... I mean, pretty much our whole experience was the massive changes and that have been occurring in the new millennium. And we grew up, or we were born before it, and we're old enough to remember before 2000s, a little bit. And then we get to experience, like, this big push of technology. Yeah. I mean, so for those who don't know, that's where the the term millennial comes from, because we were all born at the turn of the century. So, Y2K, (laughs) for those who don't know. Um, Yeah, that's true. I think that's that's the biggest advantage we have is we were the last generation i would say that was born before the internet more or less um i mean there the internet existed in the 90s like a very primitive version of it right but but like i still remember going outside you know playing with my friends getting lost in the woods like all that kind of stuff um because i mean even though you had internet it was god awfully slow (laughs) so you couldn't really do anything with it and now as adults we experience you know like a like a digital world and so the generation after us i guess you would say it's gen z um yes when's that from is that from like anyone born after 2000 uh i think you know i'm just gonna look it up real quick (laughs) Yeah, so it's not necessarily people who are born before the millennium. It's, I, I think it's more characterized by people who like can remember before the turn of the millennium. Because according to Wikipedia, Gen Z is uh, begins at nineteen ninety seven. But let's be honest, a three year old, a two to three year old doesn't doesn't really understand what's happening in the nineties. That's true. Yeah, I've met people who are like, oh, I'm a nineties baby. I was born in 99. Like, but that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was born in 94, and that, like, barely counts. Yeah. Barely counts. I remember it. <laughs> for some reason, I always remember seeing Men in Black, and for some reason, that's always, like, my late 90s go-to. Oh, uh, yeah, those are those are good movies. Yeah. So, yeah, so for, for better or for worse, we're part of the millennials, I don't really know what that means, to be honest, except for the fact of, like, when we were born. But I love listening or, like, I love reading these articles about this generation is doing this and that or this generation has killed this and that. There was a whole slew of articles for a long time saying that millennials have killed X or millennials have killed going on vacation. Millennials have killed... I don't know. Drinking at the bar. Like you, like cuz millennials have like killed everything. Oh yeah, I think I think the the one people always the one I always see is like the diamond industry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cuz millennials, yeah. we love our diamonds. 
Do we? No. <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah, so, like, the whole... That's, I guess that's kind of like an... I don't know if that's a, a tradition that's in other countries, but uh, maybe you've heard of, like, you should spend at least three months of your income on diamonds. Have you heard of that, like, real before? Or it's, like, on an engage. It's, like... Yeah, on an engagement ring, yeah. And then it's, like, there's a... I think some people have said, like, six months on a wedding ring. Yeah. Which is, like, insane. And then they say, you know, oh, you should spend, you know, 20000 on your wedding. Just just put yourself into, like, deep debt before you get married. That, and I think that's crazy. So I heard a clip from, from Joe Rogan where, like, you know, you're supposed to spend a quarter of your annual income on, on an engagement ring. And when you put it like that, it's like, oh, my God, that's so much money. Um, I know plenty of people, especially my age, who've spent that much money on, like, rings and weddings and uh, all that fun stuff. I feel like that's not as important as it used to be, but maybe that's just my perception of it. Um, it it's absolute insanity to me. So, since we're... To kind of get more into the generation that's not us, um, what what's the generation before us? Is it Gen X? Yeah, yeah, the grunge era, all that stuff. Yeah. So to be <laughs> honest, she's either an older millennial or a or a younger Gen Xer. She's probably. Uh, I don't want to make an assumption. But uh, this was a long time ago. I actually went to a... Uh, I was invited to her wedding. Where mm. She was a work friend. And she had her wedding at a public park. Uh, with a non-denominational um, priest, I guess, doing the, doing the ceremony. And then it was just uh, it was just simple, quick. It didn't cost a billion dollars. Everyone was happy. There was no complicated catering or anything. It it was just fun. Yeah, that's pretty much what mine was like. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I just don't really see the point in spending that much money on something that's at most is going to last for a day. Um, right. And, and I understand the memories aspect. Like, if I ever got married, I think I'd want to go a little more complex than that, but not not a lot. Like, I'd want more people there. I would pay to cater good food because I really like good food, <laughs> but I'm not going to, like, oh, well, I need the $30,000 venue, and I need the this, and I need the that. Like, that's kind of where I fall off. Yeah, same, same here. Um but I feel like those kind of things are becoming less and less important as time goes on. Um, if you go, like, further back into history, like, well, not that far back into history, but, you know, like, the 40s and 50s, like, this whole thing of, like, cohabiting, like, living together before you're married or, like, seeing multiple people and all that stuff, for all intents and purposes, didn't really exist. And so I think there was more emphasis placed on... Like, courting someone, taking them out for dates, spending that much money on a ring, spending that much on a wedding. And just throughout the years, I think uh, that's become, like, not a central point. Um, and I think less people are getting married as a whole. Uh, a lot of people thought I was weird because I got married pretty young. <laughs> 
and most of my friends like aren't married uh, at all. <laughs> so people are getting married later. I think another point is that I th- think most people can't even afford it. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Biz- <laughs> uh, w- uh, our generation does not have a lot of money. No, not really. Um, and it's and it's not through lack of, so like and it, it took a while for like uh i i feel like the blame everything on x generation has officially moved to gen z yeah people are doing <laughs> it to millennials for a long time and people are like bro i'm 35 like i'm a doctor <laughs> like what do you want <laughs> that's a that's a terrific point because i think because uh, I want to say it around like 2010, 2009-ish, up until around like 2017, 2018, millennials were getting like a lot of flack for everything. Like millennials killed off industries, millennials are lazy, um, millennials um, value work-life balance. And it was like all of these newspapers were criticizing millennials, and I feel like they've moved on to <laughs> to Gen Z. Um a very interesting article I read was, and it got a lot of criticism from the older generation. So like Gen X, uh, like the boomer generation. So those born around World War II. And in the article, they said that Gen Zers wouldn't apply to a job if they didn't know what the income was being offered. Like what the salary was. And I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Like I wouldn't apply either. <laughs> But that upset a lot of people because that's like a tradition for like the longest time is you would go to an interview, you would prove your worth, you would make a good impression. And I don't know, depending on how good you were, the boss or the employer or whatever would say like, I'm going to give you X amount of dollars. Take it or leave it. And Gen Zers are like, no, just tell me up front. Otherwise, I'm not coming. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and honestly, with how bad, because job application and job hunt culture out here has gotten so bad. It's horrible. And, and they basically just have AI sift your application. Like, it is so hard to get your application in front of a real person. Th- that's an interesting point you make, because I heard, actually, I didn't know up until about two months ago <clears throat> that a lot of these applications are sorted by ai i didn't know that um and now you have people writing or sorry now you have people using like chat gpt or bing or bard or whatever they're called to write the resumes so you're having ai write your resume and then you're having another ai (laughs) check to see if it's good (laughs) Uh, so it's basically robots checking themselves more or less yeah uh I recently attempted to put an application in somewhere, and I, I, I tried to do it the right way. I did do it the right way, but, like, me personally, I'm very bad at... I'm very bad at resumes. I'm very bad at putting myself on paper. I feel really good in a one-on-one interview. Like, if you put me with a hiring manager, I feel like I can talk my way into a lot of things. I really don't like doing it on paper. And, unfortunately, to get to the in-person, you have to be really good at the paper part. And it's just a frustrating reality. Especially, and we were kind of talking about this before we went live. Uh, Try not to tangent too much. 
Uh, Billings is a heavy retail town, so if you want to find like an office job, they're difficult. Yeah, I'm not the best either on paper. <laughs> um, but I definitely value the struggle. As I, as I say before, I guess I'm somewhat of a, of a masochist. <laughs> like, I, I like struggling a little bit. And I really like pushing myself. Like, I really like doing the things that are difficult. Um, but I don't want to sound too old. So I'm not going to fault anyone for like using the chatbots to like write their resumes. I just think it's kind of funny because you have chatbot, you have bots correcting each other. Um, oh yeah, it's a nightmare. <laughs> but no, part of the reason why I wouldn't want to do it. I mean, it's not necessarily a moral thing. It's like if if you get into an interview and they ask like, oh, so what was the deal with like that? weird thing you said on this part and you look and the ai just had a stroke and just you know took the keyboard and just started like you know type typed red banana alpha or something for no reason like uh well <laughs> you know yeah. i i don't want to be in a position like that where i have to defend some nonsense yeah i've had that happen too i i sometimes use the bots to write like uh, like stuff, but a lot of it, it just it doesn't fit my personality. So for me, I don't think it's immoral to use these tools because people are going to use them in the future. I just feel like uh, I want to represent myself. Uh, but at the end of the day, if it's just a computer looking at it, who really cares? <laughs> uh, but I would say that's another point is like hard work. Definitely. Um, not necessarily like professional work, but I feel like with, I feel like our generation was one of the first generations that really prioritized a work-life balance that you can have your cake and eat it too. Whereas the generations before, and I, like I heard this, you know, from my parents, from my grandparents, from my friend's parents is even if you don't like it, you have to do it. Um, and if you have to work 50 hours a week or 60 hours a week, then you have to do it. And a lot of my friends were like, nah, like I want my free time. I want to go on vacation. I want to spend time with yeah. my family. Well, and it made more sense back then too, because comparatively wages were higher, you know, accounting for inflation and all that. So if you think about it, prior generations, there was enough that, like, let, let's say there's a standard family unit, you know, uh, two parents and, you know, one or more children. Mm. One person could theoretically, you know, in a professional job, make enough money to support the whole family. So one parent could be at work working and the other parent could be at home doing housework, taking care of the kids, cooking meals, things like that. And it worked fine because all that stuff takes time. And it's expensive to just support it. Or even, you know, wealthier people, they could pay to have meals made or pay to have someone take care of their house. Uh, no one's affording that these days. <laughs> so you have to, you know, work your shift, come home, deal with all that. Uh, you know, that takes time. So it's harder to convince those people to spend that extra 10 hours a week in the office. 
Yeah, that's definitely true. That's interesting that you you mentioned that. So that I don't know if you've heard of the term trad wife. Is have you heard of yes. that before? Yes, yes, yeah. I have. So for those who don't know, it's so trad wife from traditional wife, and it's yeah, I would say it's um, what would be the best way to uh, to label it as like a subculture, like a counter movement, a throwback to the fifties and sixties where. The man was the breadwinner, and the woman was the wife, the the caretaker, the child rearer, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's been getting a lot of traction lately, and I wonder why. I, I think because, well, the least cynical answer is that I feel like every everybody our age... Well, not everybody. A large percentage of people our age are miserable, and we just want to go back to the perceived good old days. Uh, and you know, some of the perceptions are correct. Like we were just saying, mm. your 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 labor mattered more back in the day. One person could support a family. You could go to you could theoretically go to work, come home, and your wife would be happy and have cooked dinner and all those things. Now, women are obviously good for a lot more than that and if someone <laughs> wants to do that you know more more power to them and there there are plenty of women that do that and are happy uh but i don't know it just feels like escapism fantasy that people are latching on to that's definitely that I, you and i are definitely on the same wavelength because that's exactly how i feel it or how i see it is it's definitely a way to escape modern reality and it's not people living like they were in the 50s it's living in their perception of what the 50s was because i mean you didn't live the 50s because you're 25 um so there's no way for you to know how that was you're just living through like an uh an idealized version of it um and i don't know um reality is a lot less pleasant than fantasy um and had it been so good, <laughs> I think we'd still be there. <laughs> yep. So there's a reason why we've moved on, um, for better or for worse. So I I don't know. Um, you know, g- going a little farther back, if unless you had something you want to say. No, right I'm done. I'm done. Done. So something my dad always told me when I was growing up, and this this kind of got in my head and made me want to be like him for a long time. So. He went to college. He never graduated college, for the record. Um, he, mm. he turned out okay, but he never graduated college. Uh, he always tells me he went to college, learned what he wanted to, and then, you know, was done. Uh, he went to college. He worked full-time. And he would tell me, like, uh, you know, I, I didn't have much money. Sometimes I'd just buy a bag of potatoes and, you know, make baked potatoes. Um, and there was, like, a cheap burger place he would go to sometimes. And when when he says he's working full-time, he was like, you know, there was a car wash. Like, you know, bottom-of-the-barrel kind of jobs, you know? Mm. The kind of thing where these days you are not paying for college tuition with the cheapest... Po- You're not even surviving with that job, <laughs> really. <laughs> and having your own place and doing all those things. But it got it in my head, like, well, if my dad could do it, I can do it. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to work full-time. I'm going to this. I'm going to that. And I'm just going to, you know... I'm just going to be miserable like he was for no reason. (laughs) 
I didn't end up doing that. I, I shook that <laughs> off by the time I was, you know, that age. But for a, lo a large portion of my life, I was like, wow, that's, that's admirable. Yeah, I think... So we touched upon that a little bit in... When we were talking about education, that for, I would say, a good portion of the last century, your life was relatively linear, more or less. You know, you're born, you go to school, then you go to college, you get a good job, or you go to a trade, and that that's kind of it. That, and then you're done. Like, you're, you're finished. Um, kind of like the board game of life. I don't know if you've ever played that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, pretty much it. And growing up, I would always hear from, like from my parents, from other people's parents and stuff like that is, you know, you got you got to go to college, you got to get a good job, otherwise, you know, you won't make it, um, uh, get good grades, and when you're in college, you just work a job like I did, you know, I was making $6 an hour, and I paid my way through college, and I always wondered how that was possible when you, you, people were paying like 50 grand for school, and you had like a thousand dollars in bills or whatnot. I, I I don't know how you're gonna you're gonna pay your way through college. And realistically speaking, I don't think you can. I think most people can't actually. But that kind of leads me off into another tangent, which was uh, I always heard growing up like you sh like you should have gone to college or that person should have gone to college, which was kind of like if your life's not going the way it should or you want it to. Well, it's your own fault. You should have gone to college. Um, I don't know how true that is anymore, but that's definitely something that was like passed down the generations. Is if you want to have a good life, you have to go to college. I don't think that's really true anymore. It's though. it's. I mean, it for some things it is. I mean, you know, if you want to, because like like we were saying earlier, like I was complaining about Billings is like such a retail town. Like mm. that being said. There's good jobs every single place in the country, and they're the traditional ones. Lawyer, doctor, you know, etc. You you aren't getting those jobs without a degree. So there is a certain amount of job security and stability that comes with certain degrees. And I have two friends, well, three friends I can think of, that make, you know, a pretty good amount of money. Mm -hmm. like, like, low near the low six-figure mark. Mm. Uh, one of them has a two-year degree. One of them doesn't have a degree. And one of them probably has a degree, but to be honest, I don't know for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just becoming... Yeah, obviously, if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, I don't know how you're going to do that without a degree. I don't think... Illegal the illegally. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's a couple stories... There's like a movie or two about that, but not a good idea. Yeah, I mean, you could illegally work as a doctor or a lawyer, but otherwise, I think everything else is fair game. Uh, and you have a lot of companies preaching that now. I think the biggest example of, of that would be like Elon Musk and him talking about like, oh, like we don't really care about degrees. If you want to work for us, then you you just have to prove yourself, which... I think is somewhat disingenuous because I don't know how you're going to prove yourself in every field. He has, he has a space company. He has like literal rocket scientists. And I don't know. I, I guess it's possible to teach yourself that, but 
I mean, good luck. <laughs> but... I mean, yeah, I guess you just play around with rockets in the backyard. And you, just, <laughs> you, just eventually, you just eventually graduate to real space rockets. Yeah, so... I definitely think, like, the value of work or hard work in general has shifted over the, over the course of, like, a couple generations, really. I think there's less emphasis placed on, like, work in general. Um, there was this book. I haven't read it, though. But there's this book called, like, Bullshit Jobs. And it's basically the, the guy details jobs that have been created for society that don't really have like a like a purpose they're just you know they're just it's just work to keep 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 people busy basically so like we keep inventing like new jobs we keep inventing new descriptions like we always find things for people to do instead of like nothing um and that has culminated into the point of like universal basic income which is like the like the new best thing uh i don't know if that'll ever be a reality though i mean it already is a reality in places like alaska is it oh that's right because they get like but that isn't that oil money or is that something no different? i mean the, the i think i i think the reasoning is it's just it's expensive to live in alaska so the government just kind of subsidizes everyone to live there Oh, well, I didn't know that. Is it really a reality in Alaska? Did, so, have you ever seen the Simpsons movie? Yeah. The very so first you, one? Yeah, well, there's only one, right? Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know if you remember, they they drive from Springfield through Canada, and they get to Alaska, and when he when they get to Alaska, the, the Border Patrol guy's like, Welcome to Alaska, here's your money. Oh. And he just hands him, like, a roll of money, or a, a wad of money. Huh. And I think everyone thought it was, like, a joke, but, I mean, they don't literally give you money at the border, but you get paid to live in Alaska. I didn't know that. Honestly, I didn't know that you got that, you get to pay, you get paid to live in Alaska. Like, no one lives in Alaska, though, so I guess it's okay. But I mean, it's, it, I mean, the biggest city in Alaska is bigger than the biggest city in Montana, so who am I to judge? That's true. Anch- Anchorage, <laughs> Anchorage is quite a city. Huh. It's actually super off topic but it's actually really interesting that anchorage you wouldn't think so but from like an international perspective it's halfway to a lot of places so it's a big air hub for trading huh you i I, i'm i'm just kind of baffled i didn't know any of that um i i had heard that people in alaska do get money because of like the oil reserves because like the oil companies make so much money off of like the natural oil reserves, and that they... might be the that might be the reason. It's uh... possible. I mean, I could see it like, hey, we're gonna take some stuff from your state, and the people who live here are gonna benefit from that. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, the the way I understood it. But that's super interesting. The yeah. So, like I said, so that's just, like, basically, like, the culmination is, I think work has become less valued over time, and so the attitudes have kind of shifted. Um, and right. I feel, like, I feel like there's, like, a lot of resentment between, like, the generations at this point in time. 
There, there, there definitely is. I mean, <clears throat> ultimately, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my tinfoil hat on, but it's not really <laughs> tinfoil because I'm right. All, all these, <clears throat> I, I, I say, I say this as someone who hasn't had to struggle a whole lot in life, so take it for what it's worth. Uh, all this, all this division, all these things that divide us. At the end of the day, it's all about that class warfare. It's all about the class division. It's the people at the top punching down. You really think so? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's horrible people. There's horrible, bigoted people out there that, you know, say and do horrible things, you know, to people. But they're... they're I don't know. I feel I feel like the ultimate evil in the world is just the people at the top that encourage that and use it to distract people from the fact that like yes that uh those people with the different skin color they're or the people who born 20 years after you or before you they're the problem it's not me that owns more than some countries are worth please fight yeah i definitely yeah i definitely have to to agree with you there um i think Obama tried to tackle that more or less with like class warfare and you know how to you know address that problem but if you take that one step further I think politically speaking we're much more divided than ever and I feel like the the pinnacle of that was in 2016 when when Trump got elected and then you could definitely see how politically divided people were and I always felt like okay you're democrat and you're republican and maybe you're a third party and you know that it did kind of describe you more or less because if you're a democrat then maybe you have certain opinions you have certain religious beliefs if you're republican the same is also true but i feel after 2016 like the political camp the the political camps have become like quasi-religions basically like it's become like a superimposed identity um, where you're I mean, no lo- I mean, yes and no. I, <clears throat> I, I don't want to both sides it too much, because uh-huh. one one side like worships a figurehead, and the other side is like, God, we really don't want to deal with this guy, but he's our option. Yeah, I like no like- <laughs> nobody's driving. Like, listen, you know what I still see driving around Billings? I see pickup trucks with Trump flags. You know what I've never seen? I've never seen people doing that with Biden flags. Because nobody yeah. likes Biden. He is just there. Yeah, I think that's pretty much th- that pretty much sums it up, is he's just kind of there. Yeah. I mean, we and, kind of did that with, with Obama, though. I mean, yeah, a lot of people did. But, yeah. again, <laughs> it was not on this level. It definitely wasn't. So, I, I definitely feel like, um, for better or for worse, Trump is very charismatic and so is obama and that shows so that's reflected in how people you know like viewed obama he was very popular um he was all over popular culture pop culture like a lot of cartoons and songs whatnot um but it was never like the status of like what trump is like people i don't think people ever adhered to obama and what he did or said to that level and uh yeah you're right i was talking to someone else today about the whole the same thing is biden is just there (laughs) like yeah i I mean he he does a fine job with a lot of things but boy is nobody excited about him 
I don't even think he's excited about himself. <laughs> but... Well, yeah. I don't know if that's true. He, if he wasn't <laughs> that excited about himself, he wouldn't be running for re-election. Yeah. The, the question is, though, you know, if he should. Which, in my opinion, I don't think he should. Um, I think they should just both retire and look for some place upstate and just play golf for the rest of their days. That That's pretty much how I, how I view the whole situation. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what? Uh, tying the politics back to the generational thing. Uh-huh. Uh, I need to Google a name real quick so I'm not throwing out a wrong name. Stand by. All right, I'm standing by. Okay, good. I had the name right the first time. Uh, so have you heard of Diane Feinstein? No, never. So she is a senator, and she's a Democratic senator. Uh, she represents... Uh, what, what region does she... Uh, she represents California, and she is 89 years old. Oh, wow. And she's been going through some serious health issues, so she's had to you know, recu- recuse herself from certain uh senatorial functions and votes and things Mm -hmm. like that and because you know the democrats i think it's 50 50 in the senate and obviously the vice president's the tiebreaker so it's a very thin majority the uh we need you know she's needed to confirm new judges which a lot of people are like, well, Trump went out of his way to get as many of his judges confirmed as possible. Mm. And, you know, those are lifetime appointments. Like, Biden really needs to do that to kind of offset that, that damage. And she is so... She hasn't been able to work. And she refuses to, you know, step down. Because I think it's that generational thing. It's like, oh, if I'm still alive, I'm going to work. I'm, I'm not stepping down. But she can't work, and uh, <laughs> she, uh, she she apparently doesn't even remember she left. Like, she's mentally not there. Yeah, I definitely think that's kind of uh, an old attitude, which is, you know, just work until you drop, basically. Yeah. Um, which I also understand. Like, it's... It's theoretically, it's an honorable and admirable thing to be a U.S. senator, right? And it's it's a sacrifice. It's a lot of work. I don't necessarily believe all these words, but that's <laughs> that's that's the that's the perception. Um, I'm sure she is extremely wealthy from lots of lobby money. But the point is, uh, and and that's and that's a big reason why a lot of people our generation, I think, have such an issue with the older generations is. The government is run, like, the government has just been getting so much older, and it feels like they're just refusing to let go of power. Like, they would rather be barely alive and take a spot than step down and let someone who could do the job do it. Yeah, and when you frame it like that, it feels very ageist, but I I can't help but agree. I feel like a lot of these people are extremely old. Like, even Bernie, when he... I th- what did he run? He ran like twice, didn't he? Yeah. And he was extremely charismatic. Um, he kind of uh, vibed with the people who drive with him pretty well. And But still, at the end of the day, I think what the guy's like 70-something. And I just don't know. I just don't understand how you're going to connect with the younger generations when you're that far removed. 
And I always found it interesting that they kind of force you into retirement once you had a certain age, unless you're a politician. And that seems to be true for, like, almost every country, whether it's France, Germany, England, the U.S., Canada. I mean, even if you're 80, you you can still be a politician. Um, And I've always been in favor of setting an age limit (laughs) because there's a minimum age to be a politician, but there's not a maximum age. So... And, you know, it kind of feels, it kind of feels icky in a way, doesn't it? But, uh, I, I don't know why this is, this is the thing I remember, so it's what we have to go with. Uh, I can't remember if it's a NFL rule or just a rule for the Green Bay Packers. Let me see, I'm gonna, uh, I think it's actually Green Bay Packers thing. Mm-hmm. So there, um, there's like uh, you know higher level executives on the Green Bay Packers that you know are, you know around the '60s, and there's been talk like, oh well, of course in a couple of years so and so will have to step down because, you know it's it's a it's a rule that you can't be uh, a part of the you know employed by the team once you hit a certain age, and I think a lot of that reasoning is. You know, one, they, they want someone who's uh, mentally all there. They want, you know, and also they want to create new opportunities for younger people coming in. Because there, there are people in Senate and Congress that have been there like four or five decades. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, I think it's kind of nice to have someone in power for a long time. Um but at some point, it's too long. Like, for those who don't know, you can be president for a maximum of eight years, so two terms. Um, technically, you can be president for ten years if you start as a vice president if the president dies, so you can actually be president for ten years. But realistically, you only have two terms. And, but if you only get, like, one term, like, for example, like with Trump, I don't know how much you're really going to be able to accomplish in, like, three or four years so you can do a lot of i think you could do more harm than good in four years basically and any good you do gets reversed anyway so that's that's what every administration does is the new one cleans up the old one and it's been that way for for 200 years Um, well and and part of the problem is when you're when you're making policy decisions that are going to yeah. affect national and international scales that's a lot of dominoes that have to fall before things actually happen yeah so what tends to happen realistically because i'm not nice enough to both sides it uh usually republicans tend to make policy decisions that really run up the debt but it takes a while for it to actually kind of show a democrat takes power and they're like, oh my god, look, during their administration, the debt ran up. And then, you know, the Democrat works to kind of rein in the debt. Republican gets in power, like, look, while I was in power, the debt went down. And it's this really annoying cycle that, you know, everybody knows, well, people in power knows is nonsense, but, you know, they just need to convince the voters and it works. It's, yeah. It's, it's very obnoxious. Yeah, it really is. Um, I'm not, like, that well-versed in politics, but from what I understand it, 
Democrats are more for a bigger government, whereas Republicans are for like a smaller government. So you have like this big government, small government. Um, at least like that's the modern forms of like the Democrats and Republicans. I don't know what it looked like a hundred years ago, but I definitely think it's become over time more dangerous to talk about politics because people have such strong opinions. Um, so when I was growing up, I was always told there are two things you should never talk about. Um, one being religion, the other being politics. So because those tend to be topics where people are very sensitive or very passionate. And um, if you're unlucky, <laughs> you might catch the wrong person. And that's never happened to me, but uh, I've had a few close calls. So, And I think yeah. it's just gotten worse over time, uh, what with the, the Republican Party. Not because Republicans are... Like, I'm not saying, like, they're bad or anything. What I'm saying is definitely because Trump ran on that platform. Um, and that really created a, a political divide between the country. And you saw this again in 2020 when I think it was, like, 51-49 something, um, which is almost, which is pretty much half and half. So the country's still divided politically. And it's been three years, and Trump still has a very strong base. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the, I mean, the base he has, I don't think is going anywhere. You know, no. all the stuff that's happening lately, I mean, it's, I think it'd be really hard to convince anyone to jump ship at this point. But uh, also the third, you mentioned religion and politics. Yeah. Uh, another third one that sometimes gets included and sometimes not is wages. Oh, um, that's, yeah. that's That's something I actually been trying to not mention because... It's so obvious, but we almost got through the whole episode and I didn't mention it. Uh, people our age, like, we're, we're cool to talk about what we make. It, it actually, the only people it uh, benefits to um, not discuss wages with is employers. Because people that, you know, information is power. So, like, I actually got in a little bit of trouble. At, well, not trouble, but I got a little bit of a talking to, like, oh, well, because, you know, I work in a commission-based position. Which is public, by the way. I can go into the database and see, oh, so-and-so is going to make this this month. Because mm. they're going to make X percentage of their revenue. It's 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 not difficult. And that's that's kind of... It's fine. Like, we're all kind of on board with it. But I was kind of saying aloud, like, oh, well, it's going to come out to this this month. And I got talked to. And like, well... And I was just like, uh, I am allowed to say that. I, we, it's federally protected to discuss your wages. And I, I am going to do that. Yeah, it's the it's the same here. People don't really like. I think it's even more taboo in Germany to talk about money, um, because Germans do not like talking about money. Um, but yeah, so I think we're gonna end on that note. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit a, a very loaded episode, but uh, very interesting nonetheless. Yeah, we've you... we've long been done with like been out of safe topics. <laughs> 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 We have to go there on every episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's true. Politics is uh, is definitely uh, choppy waters, to, to put it mildly. So, I got nothing else to add. I don't know if you want to throw anything in there before we go. No, I, I think we're all good. Alright, thanks so much for listening. Take care, and we'll see you all in the next one. Bye. Alright, bye.
We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope that it was informative and that we were able to expand your worldview, even if only just a little. We always welcome feedback, comments, and constructive criticism. If you'd like to provide us with any, please reach out to us at our Discord or email address, both of which will be listed in, in the description. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.